Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with my friend, Artie Amber, who is a business owner and communication expert. When Amber and I were talking today, she brought up being lonely sometimes as a dietitian, which is why I wrote my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What? There is a network of dietitians out there who want to support you along your journey, and that's exactly why you should read my book. You can find it on my website, annelizabethardy.com, or you can download it on iTunes and Amazon. I love Jolly Time Healthy Pop Popcorn, not only because it's my favorite snack, but it's grown right here in Iowa. To learn more about this perfect snack, visit jollytime.com. Have you had a Dalman Waffle yet? These soft toasted wafers filled with caramel, cinnamon, and real bourbon vanilla are happy in your mouth. They are made with only natural ingredients baked into the dough, and it brings me joy to give them to all of my guests. My conversation today is with one of my favorite boss ladies, Amber Pankinen. Amber owns Stirlist and is known as Artie Amber in our social media world. She is passionate about food, nutrition, science, and agriculture, and is practicing as a nutrition and agriculture communications consultant and adjunct instructor. In her bio, she writes, when I grow up, I'd like to be a photographer or maybe a backup dancer because Amber has always had a creative side. She initially was a music major in college. Amber and I talk about her non-traditional route to dietetics and her first jobs, how she became inspired to own her own business, recipe development, and how important the art of communications is for dietitians. Please enjoy my conversation with Amber. Well, I am so excited to be sitting here with you yeah. today. You took time out of a beautiful Saturday to hang out with me, which is super sweet. But let's just kind of go back to when you were deciding what you wanted to be when you grew up. And how did you get into dietetics? Yeah, well, I actually thought I was going to be a music teacher. So I was, I know, <laughs> I That's know. completely polar opposite. <laughs> so have you ever seen the movie Pitch Perfect? Yes, yes. And you know the moment where she finds out she has nodes? Yes. That was totally me. Was it? It was totally me. That happened yes. to you? I was the music drama nerd, music major in college, and that totally happened to me. And oh so. That'd be devastating. It was. It was definitely like a life changer. So you were like a singer, performer, mm-hmm. did you do musical instruments too? I, yes. Yeah. Yes. What kind of so instruments did you do? I played piano. Well, I took 12 years of piano lessons, guitar, uh, trumpet, oh my <laughs> all sorts of I little, had no yeah, idea. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just growing up in a very musical family, musical family. I think family. was what inspired that. Did your whole family, were they into music then, your parents? Yes. Yes. Uh, Well, my dad, not so much, but my mom was definitely, like, she grew up in a, you know, Baptist church, so she was always, like, playing and singing every Sunday, and so then she just brought us up that way, too, as far as being involved in music and making that a part of our lives. That is really cool. (laughs) I mean, I think that there's something about a creative person Mm -hmm. when they have that music kind of background and spirit. There's just something about them as they get into their adulthood, how they yeah. are creative. Yeah. And so that's a, that, that makes sense about yeah. you <laughs> now that I know you a little bit, but yeah. 
So you're in college. Mm-hmm. So where did you go to college at? U- University of Nebraska. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. were what? What was your major? So I was uh, music education with a focus on vocal performance. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how old were you when you had the nodes? <laughs> so I would have been 19 actually because I took some classes before I went to the university at the community college just to get you know, kind sure. of some of those general classes under my belt. Uh, so I was 19 and found out this was my after my first semester of doing music and realized that my voice would not probably hold up for the next three and a half years. So I had to figure out another option. And my brother is a, a ENT an allergist and so he suggested you know if you still really like uh you know this arts thing but you also like food and you are maybe interested in medicine maybe you should think about doing dietetics or even uh you know, pre-professional, those type of, uh, that type of degree, mm-hmm. uh, or physician assistant. So he thought maybe I could do the PA program and then maybe come and work with him. <laughs> he was right? Thinking, he was thinking long-term. Yes. <laughs> so that's where I was looking at a degree that was that, um, you know, pre-professional type of degree where I could take that and do, you know, whatever I wanted to. If that was PA program, dietetics, whatever, at least I would have something like that. So I chose nutrition science because I was interested in nutrition, and it would also give me the prereqs I would need for PA school. Mm. But then I really found out I loved the nutrition classes and just fell in love with the professors in the department and thought this is probably what I want to do. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because thinking about, so did you have a food? So you said like a love for food mm-hmm. too. So where was that in your life as well? Yeah, well, you know, my mom is also a really good cook. She, and so <laughs> She sounds amazing. I need to meet this woman. <laughs> so I think growing up with, you know, really good, good food. Uh, and she stayed home with us too when I was little. And so I think there was that extra touch of, like she was always preparing meals and you know teaching us how to to make food and I was always with her I was her shadow. Did you cook with her? So I cooked with her, shopped with her, prepped. I mean, did everything you know with her, and so I think that was what you know inspired some of that love for food in general and I, kind of that interest in nutrition. Yes, too. yes, mm-hmm. and hospitality. <laughs> you know, just caring Being the for hostess people. with the mostest, and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's really awesome. So <laughs> I mean, like everything comes from kind of family roots for you in a way and then that medical aspect with your brother then who's also a physician right right and then there's this other aspect too where my dad actually he grew up on a farm and uh you know it's funny I tell people that I never got the lecture about you should eat this food on your plate because they're starving children you know I know a lot a lot of people did get that lecture and I never did I I really got the the conversation that focused on you should eat that because a farmer worked really hard to produce that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different angle. Yes. So <laughs> I never questioned, you know, my food or where it came from or, you know, I wasn't picky about it. I didn't dare be picky about it no. because, you know, my parents just really instilled that in me when I was little. So all, all those different areas that came at you mm-hmm. were very influential mm-hmm. in your decision. So you said that you had very great teachers and professors when you were at school. Mm-hmm. You know, what, tell me more about that. Like, who were those people that influenced you? Well, it's funny because they're actually still there, Are a they few really? of them. <laughs> and I now, as a 
professional. I get to work with them uh, because I teach adjunct at the university now. And so uh, Linda Young was the uh, just kind of the foundation of that program. She is also the um, director of the dietetic internship program. And then Dr. Tim Carr, who now just took another job within the university, uh, but he's a nutrition scientist. He's not a dietitian, but he is just one of the best teachers I think I've ever had. And, you know, a lot of dietitians uh, talk about him and love learning from him just because he's so relatable. He takes the information and makes it tangible, I think, for us to really put into practice. I bet you that was so amazing listening to him. I mean, just as a teacher, I cannot imagine. (laughs) I probably would have learned a lot differently about different things if I would have had him as a professor. Right. He taught advanced nutrition back when I was in the undergrad program. And I just remember hanging on his every word (laughs) just because he was so interesting. And he taught just with a very gentle spirit uh, and just super humble. You know, when you know this guy is completely brilliant, but just presents the information, like I said, in a very easy way to understand, but also is just super humble about his work and, yeah, what he's discovered. And Because, <laughs> what, yeah, what has he, what are the things that he's discovered? Yeah, he's done a lot in cholesterol research and That's also right. fructose. Uh, so fructose, I think metabolism is kind of his baby. Uh, so, yeah, just all, all sorts of things, but those would be really his two Areas of Did focus. he present at your Nebraska Academy this past? Was it at your meeting this past year? He actually or has he before? He, yes, he has presented a number of times, um, mostly at our local meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he usually does like a district meeting presentation for pretty much each district every oh, wow. year. Uh, that's he's in, awesome. He's in high demand. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, that's pretty amazing because yeah. I would think he would be in high demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I said, just having, I think, those two uh, in my life. And then, you know, I also did, um, like I said, some, some classes at the community college. And there were dietitians there mm-hmm. uh, that also were really inspiring. Really? Uh, yeah, because I took basic nutrition there. And so, oh, yeah, like your first class. <laughs> yes. And uh, so, Joe Taylor, Aaron Cottle, who are uh, at SCC at the time, uh, just also did a really great job of, I don't know, I think they, they noticed me and thought, you know, we need to encourage her to do this. And they didn't give up. <laughs> they, kept, they kept after you. So, and, just yeah. really thankful for them. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. And it's good that you never, those people kept you kind of on that path, that they yes. didn't let you fall off the path and, right. you know, change again into something right. different, which I think can happen. Yes. Especially after you made one choice and then going into a different choice. Right, right. And the thing that is probably different about maybe my story is, so when I graduated, I well, I met the love of my life my senior year of college. You did. So we got married <laughs> right after graduation, and I moved to D.C. I didn't do a dietetic internship right you away. You didn't? <laughs> no. So that probably wasn't part of the plan. No. 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 <laughs> and so I had, I think it was three years in between undergrad and grad school. And, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that talk was, to me that about that. Yeah. So were you planning on doing an internship until you met the love of your life and you were doing all those <laughs> things and then that changed or? You know, I, well, I was still on the fence at the time because, you know, I 
was going to get this pre-professional degree, and I thought, well, you know, maybe PA school is still an option, uh, but, you know, this is also something that I could potentially pursue if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just hadn't really totally decided yet. <laughs> uh, so when, you know, I met Ben and we got married and we moved halfway across the country, I worked for a nonprofit there and doing an internship program there was out of the question. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. And so when we moved back here a year later, I worked for basically a <laughs> an HR consulting firm as a cook. For <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. I know. They had cooks at that facility? Yes, yes. Really? Interesting. So they were looking for a cook, and I thought, well, why not? I mean, it's a decent job. It was decent paying. And so I took that position, and I planned menus for the employees. Uh, so I cooked breakfast and lunch every day and a snack for about a hundred and, yeah, about a hundred employees. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you feel like you were ready to do something like that? I, I, it was, I don't, you know, I've always been up to a challenge. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily was ready, but I just kind <laughs> of went in thinking like I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, it did work for a while. I just, you know, the, uh, it's <laughs> so I didn't say the name of the company, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, there was just some, some differences that I had with, uh, you know, the CEO of the company. I call him the Donald Trump of Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just was, I was ready uh, because it was really more of the, the times that I had to get up at. Well, this taught me a lesson in proper planning, especially when you're building a kitchen, because they did not have enough storage space for the food. So I would have to get up at 4 a.m., go to the grocery store every single day because there was not enough like refrigerator space to hold the food. So you would have to basically get enough just for that day. And the, the oh kitchen was, was beautiful. I mean, it had some great... Uh, features just not enough refrigeration space or freezer space so yes it was basically a lesson on okay how do you do time management how do you meal plan how do you execute and make this all happen you know three times a day for 100 people (laughs) because that's I mean that's a lot that's a big undertaking it was especially for the like you said for the planning with the food like purchasing food every day yes because yes. you'd have to probably, did you just sit down in the evening and be like, okay, this is what I have to get at the grocery store tomorrow? Yes. So oh I gosh. would go through, I mean, and luckily I'd had classes about cycle menus. And so, you know, I put that, I wrote up a cycle menu, was able to get a shopping list, started working with vendors who could deliver food for me. So I wasn't spending so much time at the grocery store, but it was really tricky. <laughs> it oh was very gosh. tricky. Mm-hmm. And so, so like, what was your title for just head cook? Then? I think they called me, no, because they were very weird about titles <laughs> at this company. Well, <laughs> they thought they were really cool. So they named people like, I don't know, I was like the lead hospitality hmm. something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Yes. Do you feel like that job used some of your RD skills? Absolutely, it mm-hmm. did. You know, because again, planning a cycle menu, mm-hmm. purchasing, like <laughs> all those it was food a lot service of, management yes, type skills that exactly, you learned. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, it's funny to think about, you know, the things that the options that you have in dietetics and how I've really like tapped every <laughs> single option. <laughs> 
Well, that's, I mean, that's good. Now, then you find out what you like and what mm-hmm. you don't like. Mm-hmm. So what did you like about that job, particularly? I liked, honestly, getting to see the people every day who came and, you know, just do, you could tell, you know, when somebody was having a bad day or, you know, just giving them a cup of coffee was like, you know, it just made their day. And so Aww. that was probably my favorite just because I am an extrovert and just getting to see them. Uh, but again, just having fun with food and trying to help restore healthy relationships with food again for some of these people. Because, you know, you would always hear things like, oh, I'm on this diet or I've got to lose five pounds. And so just being able to kind of redirect the conversation at times around food because I would eat with them and sit down with them Mm -hmm. and chat. And, you know, I think I wasn't an RD then, but had some of those skills and, you know, at least some of that knowledge. So, yeah, that was a pretty amazing Mm -hmm. It was an amazing job. Yeah, How long did you stay there? About a year. About a year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had had enough about, you know, getting up every day so early. <laughs> How late would you work then? Oh, I, you know, it, it would depend. Um, four, 4.30. Oh, that's a long day. Yeah, it, it they were very long days. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So what was next? What, 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 what? What was the next thing that kind of got you out of that situation (laughs) and on to the next one? It was so crazy. So, (laughs) like I said, I got kind of worn out getting up so early. And so I started looking around for other jobs. And I noticed there was a receptionist job open at a rehab hospital in a physical therapy clinic. And thought, well, you know, maybe I'll just do something like that to tide me over until I can figure out what I really want to do with my life. (laughs) So I applied for it, and I got the job. And actually, one of the folks on the staff there was a registered dietitian. (laughs) And so I would schedule appointments for her. For the dietitian? Yes. So she would do bariatric counseling at this rehab hospital slash physical therapy clinic so this was Madonna in Lincoln. Oh, sure. Yeah. And she did a lot of the bariatric counseling for patients uh, who needed, you know, to meet with a dietitian before or after they had surgery. So getting to, I don't know, just chat with her and to also get to talk to those people when they came in was really interesting. You probably built um, some relationships yes. with them and yes. her in that situation. Yeah, yeah. And so I think just, again, after talking with her, that inspired me to to just go ahead and pursue grad school and do the dietetic internship program. And that's when I applied, and I only applied to Lincoln. Because that was it. That was (laughs) all that was happening. That was pretty much it. (laughs) And luckily I got in, and I did the program there, and yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think probably your experience, just your you know, professional experience after school in between your internship mm-hmm. was, you are a given to probably get accepted. Who knows? You know, really? Well, I mean, it's just so competitive now. Yes. And it was competitive then too. Because how I, long ago was it when you did your that internship? That would have been 2007. Okay. So yeah, it was, it was competitive. Mm-hmm. It was starting to become it a was. lot more competitive at that time. Because I remember... You know, when I was just undergrad that senior year and people on match day and people were freaking out because, you know, a lot of the students hadn't been matched. And Mm -hmm. so I really didn't know what my chances were. And yes, even though I'd had professional experience, 
you know, it's still, you're like, that could be a crapshoot. So, right, <laughs> right, right. And I didn't have a 4.0, you know, that's always to good to know. Of, you know, well, there's, you know, you, you meet some of these students and they all have really solid GPAs, and that just wasn't me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't me either. So, there yeah. are some people that are very mm-hmm. academically strong. Right, right. And then there's yeah. some that have very good outside <laughs> other skills, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. T- the the University of Lincoln program, mm-hmm. what is that like? Because it's a program with an internship and a master's degree, correct? Yes. So the dietetic internship counts towards graduate credit. So I didn't ever really see myself uh, getting a master's degree, but you know, since it was tied in with the degree, all I had to do was really another year of school and that was it. So that's why I thought, I'll just, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, They take, I think it depends on the year, but anywhere between maybe eight to 12 dietetic interns every year. And Linda now is back in that role. Uh, Is she? She um, had taken some time off so, unfortunately, I didn't have her as my Aww. internship director. Yes, that was sad. But <laughs> <laughs> Like, darn it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it's a mix of community, clinical, and food service management. And then we also have, you know, a few rotations with, um, I don't know, like the health department and WIC. Oh, and, sure. And, and, yeah. Did you do those. extension, too? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good variety. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part of your internship then? Oh my goodness, uh, so much. Honestly, I really did enjoy the All internship. I liked my food service management rotation only because my preceptor was pretty awesome. Uh, so he's a, a registered dietitian, and his wife is also a dietitian. Which oh my God! You know her is Michelle Welch. Oh yes, yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. So I got to hang out with her husband Michael, who was just—it was so fun to get to learn from him. And then it was really funny because uh, near the end of the internship, he said, "You know, you really need to meet my wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you know you would really enjoy working with her." And so. I got to meet his wife, and she and I hit it off right away, and uh, that's where I actually got my first job, was working with her, really? uh, Madonna, back at Madonna, but just in a different aspect. We were more in the, uh, it, it's called proactive, so the wellness space, of doing Madonna. employee wellness. Mm-hmm. So full circle, pretty much came back around mm-hmm. to Madonna, Yes, and that was your first job out of your internship? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, and so then I did I did wellness with her for about a year, and then took a clinical position at the hospital <laughs> here in Lincoln. Yes, yes. So still in Madonna, just at, on the hospital side. Oh, of so Madonna. Madonna has a rehab facility and it has a hospital. So they have yes. So they have their physical therapy clinics. They have uh, proactive and fit for work, which is basically a gym for the employees to work out in or, um, you know, and you can pay just like a gym membership and go uh-huh. in and use the facility. It's beautiful. And then they have basically corporate wellness services through that hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's a lot of entity. Do they have a lot of dietitians on staff then? I can't remember how many they have now. I think they have 
maybe one or two in the wellness space, and then they have three or four uh, at the hospital now in the clinical space. Huh. Mm-hmm. So when you were there, you transitioned from the wellness space to the hospital space. So you kind of gone from food service to <laughs> kind of wellness to clinical. How yes. was that transition? It was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I always, you know, I wanted a challenge and I wanted to mm-hmm. learn something new. Uh, at the hospital, it was it was really crazy because, you know, keep in mind, I'm a new graduate and they were building a pediatric wing <laughs> when I was there and they didn't have anybody to help uh, do the nutrition for basically that unit. And so my boss was like, well, Amber, here you go. <laughs> Start reading up on your pediatric nutrition. And so I had to meet with a number of different dietitians uh, in the, in just in the community in Lincoln and Omaha, just to learn from them, go shadow them. I, at the time too, had joined uh, Twitter <laughs> and had discovered some pediatric dietitians on Twitter. And that was really cool because I got to connect with them. So I learned about like Texas Children's Hospital oh, and sure. all of those amazing resources and just really kind of poured myself into learning more about pediatrics. So I got the board certification for that just because I felt like as a new RD, I, I felt like I just needed some, I don't know, confidence. <laughs> Especially in starting in this department, um, because this is a new, this was a new, uh, like I said, wing of the hospital, but it's its own separate hospital. Okay. So this uh, was the Alexis Verzel Children's Hospital, which was named after a patient, uh, Alexis, who had a traumatic brain injury. Okay. And so this was, it was kind of a big deal. (laughs) Sure. So you're like, I want to be in it to win it. Yes. And just have the respect of my team and just, you know, have that confidence to be able to, to do what I needed to do. How was the certification in pediatrics? It was interesting. You know, I think I, I studied a lot and just, you know, kind of, like I said, poured myself into it. Uh, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, I may have overstudied a little bit, but I don't <laughs> that's know. better than not studying enough. <laughs> right. It was different from the RD exam because it was definitely more focused. Whereas on the RD exam, it's kind of all Everything, over the place. Everything, yeah. Uh, so this was, I think, a little more enjoyable because it was very focused on peds. You don't have weird questions about budgeting for <laughs> tomatoes. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Would you recommend people that go into pediatrics to get the certification? I, I would say so. Yeah. I think, it, you know, regardless of, uh, you know, the area of dietetics that you're in, getting certifications like that are a great idea. Again, like I said, it helps build your self-confidence and then gives you some clout, I think, in front of your peers and, you know, colleagues at the hospital or wherever you're at. So right now, I think the Academy offers five certifications. So, so pediatrics, oncology, uh, geriatrics, sports, sports and renal, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. There may be one more, maybe one or two more, maybe on the horizon. Yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, I would say if you're working in 
one of those five areas to definitely pursue it uh, because it also counts towards your uh, uh, certifications, uh, your CEUs. Oh, sure. So it counts for 75 CEUs. So you don't have to do anything else. That's all you just have to study and take your test. That's yes. for five year, five year period. Right. So it takes care of your five year period. I think I cannot remember the cost at the time, maybe 300 bucks. Mm hmm. But it's totally worth, worth it. it when you look at you get all seventy five CEUs sure. and then you get some new credentials after your name. So and you renew it every five years. Every five years. Okay. Uh, and you have to keep. I think I didn't renew after five years just because I work wasn't working. Sure. In peds after that, but um, you just have to keep records and document your hours, and then I don't think you have to retest. That's not a bad thing. Right. <laughs> so when the hospitals got going, mm -hmm. were you ready? Were you, did you like it? Oh, man. There were parts that I really loved. Uh, but it's really hard because when you go into pediatrics, it's not about working with the kids. You're working with the parents and the caregivers. Oh, sure. And well, that's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and this was tough because, like I said, this is a rehab facility. So a lot of the kids that uh, were coming in were uh, victims of maybe abuse. Aww. So we saw a lot of traumatic brain injury, um, even strokes, spinal cord injury. Um, yeah, it, you just saw a lot of brokenness, you know. And so that makes things even more stressful when, you know, you have a child who is maybe not from the best family situation and you've got a mom or dad or caregiver who's completely stressed out. You know, the last thing that they want to do is talk about food sure. <laughs> or nutrition. Uh, they just want the immediate care, right, for their child, which I totally understand that. Uh, so it was tough, especially when it came to alternative feeding, you know, any type of tube feed, um, you know, tubes even in the nose um, down to the stomach. Um, you know, which we would think are fairly simple. It's not like you're going in through the stomach. Uh, but parents had a really tough time seeing that and not being able to feed their children, um, which I learned very quickly was a very sensitive subject. And so they wanted to control that because I think that was the one thing that they felt like they could control. Mm. And so <laughs> when you wanted to or when I wanted to encourage, you know, hey, we need to do some tube feeds at night or do this or do that, you know, a lot of times it got shut down because they're like, no, you know, my child's getting better. We don't need that yet. They were losing weight and clearly not getting the nourishment that they needed. And I had really good relationships with the physicians, you know, that, that was great. But oftentimes they would want me to go and deliver that news. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that we would need to do some other form of nutrition. And so that was tough. That would be That was tough. really tough. And I think just, you know, day after day of doing that for, gosh, three years, I just, you know, got a little tired and it was just sad. It was really I was going to say, was that just kind of really heart, like probably heartbreaking. Like you'd probably leave at the end of the day either feeling defeated mm -hmm. because you couldn't help mm -hmm. appropriately or you just were in such a sad situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, the, the cool thing about a rehab hospital is that, you know, compared to your acute care hospital, like acute care centers are length, average length of stay, maybe two to three days. Your average length of stay at a rehab hospital, at least at this particular one, three to four months, oh, depending wow. on the injury. 
you know, like I said, if you come in with a traumatic brain injury or spinal cord injury, you're looking at at least that amount of time. So it is cool in some aspects because you really do get to follow that patient for a very long time. And there were, were moments of success where you, you know, saw a patient coming in on tube feeding and you're able to follow that patient all the way through to see them get off of tube feeding, you know, graduate to, you know, real food mm. and gain their strength and be able to do all of these cool things again um, with other members of the treatment team. And so that was a really cool thing to get to to be a part of. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Be like, yes, they're getting better. And right. I'm sure that you saw a lot of them go home. Did mm-hmm. you see some not go home? Well, I mean, we would always see them go home. Go home. You know, uh, but, you know, yes, there were times where, uh, you know, they, they might have to go back to the acute care hospital mm-hmm. and then we wouldn't see them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just, again, depended on the patient. Um, and sometimes even, you know, you could see them an outpatient depending on what their needs were. The situation. Were. Mm-hmm. So you did that for three years. Mm-hmm. Did it kind of, was it more of the, I just can't like, emotionally do this job <laughs> right. anymore, basically? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I think, really, and you know, and a lot of my role was calculating tube feeds. Was it? And TPNs. And... I, you know, I told you before, I wasn't <laughs> the best student. <laughs> so, but I, you know, I, I feel like I did a, a good job. Uh, well, I'm I just, sure you did a great job. Like, <laughs> no, I just, I felt like, you know, I was in the corner and I was calculating these two feeds and I had so much freedom uh, with the doctors there. They really did trust me, you know, with, you know, putting orders in and, uh, you know, caring for these patients. Um, but I just thought, you know what, this isn't me, you know, sitting back in this corner, running numbers. This isn't my love. Whereas I know that there are so many dietitians out there who are so talented, you know, when it comes to doing that and they love it. And so I just felt like I was kind of taking away, I don't know, an opportunity for somebody else. And for you, obviously that wasn't right. You weren't fulfilled and you knew someone else could be fulfilled by that job. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your next steps then? Well, my next step, I thought, well, I'm going to jump into private practice. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love how you, like you are, you do hit every aspect of, of dietetics. It, seriously. It, <laughs> when I tell the story, I really sound so screwball. Like... <laughs> Now that you're hearing it back, you're like, wow. I know. I know. (laughs) So private practice. What? I mean, when you were thinking, I'm going to leave this job Mm -hmm. and private practice, I mean, kind of go through that thought process. Because that's not an easy thing to go. First of all, private practice is not easy to go into. So how do you kind of get that headspace? Well, I noticed that, you know, at the hospital, we were having trouble scheduling outpatient visits. And when I was talking to my boss there, she's like, you know, we just really need somebody, you know, not within the system to be able to call and schedule and get people in. And so I thought, well, gosh, you know, maybe that's an opportunity then for me to um, make this transition. And so I thought, well, how about I focus on peds since I already have this, you know, skill Uh, And there were so many kids who would call and need appointments uh, for things that, you know, weren't necessarily 
super critical, like where they had to go into the hospital, but they just needed maybe somebody to help, um, you know, recalculate tube feeds every once in a while and just kind of stay on top of them. And so I thought, well, maybe this is something that I can do. And I launched a private practice, uh, went into the small business incubator at SCC, and quickly realized that people want a lot of work for free. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I did, you know, the best that I could as far as, you know, it, it was just really hard with, especially kids, you know, that, you know, they need help and I wanted to help, but... I I was basically running a charity. You sure, because you were doing a lot of free mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. for people. And so it was about that time, um, after that oh, year mark or so, I met uh, Stephanie Cundiff from Midwest Dairy, who said, hey, why don't you come on this farm tour with us? And so we went to uh, Chris Hines' farm in Missouri, and... Just got to spend some time with other dietitians, which I'd been missing because I hadn't had that in over a year. <laughs> and you need, yeah. Don't you think you kind of need that connect? Like you need to have that yes. connection. It gets lonely. It does. It's it super lonely. And I think that was the other thing that surprised me about being an entrepreneur was, gosh, you've got so much stress, you know, mm-hmm. with just launching a business and having to do all of these things. But then also there's that, you know, just... I don't know, the social aspect of, you know, you don't have the camaraderie that you once had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where I was at the hospital, I had dietitians all around me who I could talk to and, you know, pick their brains. And that's where I think I really turned to social media then and then building those relationships online with other dietitians who were doing similar work that I felt like I was going to ask I have if some you, community here. Yeah, if you yeah. felt like that was a way to help keep you connected mm-hmm. and then bounce ideas off and talk about what they're doing versus what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a yeah. good that's a good place to start, but like did you feel like you liked that more personal connection that you created with other dietitians? I did. I mean, actually, you know, the online connection that I had and I know it sounds so stupid, but uh, a lot of those connections were very real, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I'm still friends with a lot of those people I met, you know, that first year of using Twitter, you know, it's <laughs> so You funny. never knew that you were going to have, you know, lifelong, like, companions, right. basically, along the right. journey from right. Twitter. Right, or just people that you've met along the way, and you followed their journey, and uh, so that's been, yeah, that was a fun way to, I think, stay connected to the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're on the farm tour and what, besides the dietitians being a good connection for you, but what else was the farm tour? What else did that do for you? Well, I think it just reminded me too that, you know, I think I mentioned when I was little, you know, my parents always, you know, they, they made the dinner table a classroom, you know, and really tried to take advantage of teaching me about food and where it comes from and, you know, about farmers. And I think it just really reminded me that, gosh, you know, here's this guy who is working really, really hard. And he's not just a farmer. He's an entrepreneur. He's an accountant. He's a meteorologist. He's a nutritionist. <laughs> like, he's all of these things, and mm-hmm. um, you know, to his, to his animals and his land. And it just really struck me about what would my grandpa say if he were alive today? Like, how would he handle the criticism that... 
agriculture is getting. You know, how would he deal with this? And I looked at this guy and thought, how does he have time to do all of this stuff? You know, where dietitians are really on the front lines talking to consumers every single day, uh, we really could bridge the gap between agriculture and, you know, consumers and be able to connect the dots and tell that story. And that's, I think that's such an important story. I get excited about that stuff. I get excited mm-hmm. about food mm-hmm. when I know where it comes yeah. from. And I think that's how you <laughs> feel too. Yes. And if you can relay that to somebody, then they're like, they understand it. And they, do. they, they want yeah. to be a part of that yeah. food then. There's just so many... I think, you know, myths and, I don't know, stereotypes about agriculture and food production these days. And, you know, dietitians really are kind of the the perfect professional to be able to tell that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, because, you know, we are the, the food and nutrition experts. We're not necessarily the food and agriculture experts. So there's a bit of learning for us even to do. Uh, but... Yeah, I think we can. We could really champion that. So when you went on the farm tour and you're doing your private practice, mm-hmm. were you still doing the the pediatrics at that time too? I was. I was. You know, I was just starting to dive into doing uh, some freelance communication work as well. So the Nebraska Soybean Board here had said, "Hey, you want to do a couple projects for us?" And I thought, "Well, why not?" And I did some cooking demos for them and just realized, like, I love this. <laughs> I that love was exciting. This. You know, this really takes my love for food, but also my love for communications and performance. Again, because, you know, I performed for years. <laughs> yeah. It's just using my voice in a very different way. And so it just kind of brought together all of those elements of all the things that I was good at and being able to really channel those talents into one thing. How was doing your first cooking video? Terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying. What do you remember what you made? I did a I believe it was a chicken salad. What was that? It was like a Thai chicken salad with a soy nut dressing. It was actually really Sounds good. Sounds delicious. <laughs> it was really good, but it's funny because you know I don't know how you've done videos in the past or cooking videos, but a lot of the RDs that I've talked to say that they've used a teleprompter. And no, I didn't use a teleprompter. Like I've that never. was not even an option. <laughs> no. So I had to learn all of the lines. Like I mean, you have memorize to memorize that. Them. Remember the timing. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and so, and then all the steps too. It's a little bit trickier when. You have to talk and then, you know, do action at the same time, mm-hmm. but also making sure you're focused on the camera and, yeah. It, and then your setup and where things are. Yes. And a did lot you practice a lot? I did. Yeah. I did for that first one, yes, uh, because I was so terrified. <laughs> well, I mean, when you've never done it before, mm-hmm. I, but I think, like, once you do it, weren't you just, like, on this high after you were done? Yeah, it, it definitely. <laughs> you know, it was fun because the company that uh, did the video work for, I've known those guys since college. Oh, you have? And so that was fun, too, just because I knew them, and so I felt maybe a little more comfortable with them. And 
they also did a great job of directing. So I would say if you're working with, you know, a film crew, you have to have a good producer or director who actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> Just to help you a little yes. bit farther. Well, you shouldn't really have to do all of the work. I mean, if you're working with a professional crew, there's got to be somebody there who can help. Uh, so that was a huge relief, I think, just getting to rely on them. And I've done so many projects since with mm-hmm. this crew that, you know, they're my people. And so now it just feels like clockwork, you know, when you go into work with somebody like that. So you, you're still currently working with them. I am. You are. Um, so we do projects for the Nebraska Soybean Board. Um, we've done a couple things, um, just freelance, you know, projects that I've done where I've called them in. And so it's just nice, you know, when you've got people that you like to work with and you can do that well and quick. And And you can call (laughs) them up and say, I know how this is going to go. And yes, boom, 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 Mm -hmm. we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so after that initial couple of videos for the Mm -hmm. soybean board, were you, is that kind of what led you into currently your, your private practice? Yeah. You know, and I've really, you know, kind of steered away from calling it private practice since I'm not meeting with patients one-on-one anymore I just knew that that wasn't for me Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah you know that really kind of set the wheels in motion and so yeah that's that's what I'm doing now (laughs) so yeah so tell me more about like you said you're not really in private practice right you're an entrepreneur right and you have your own business yes so talk to me about your current business so I would call it Basically consulting, you know, if you had to label it. Uh, So I do freelance writing uh, and then basically influencer marketing. So uh, if a company needs a recipe or if they want food photography, uh, you know, I can develop that. And I created a blog uh, in order to do that uh, so that, again, uh, you know, I could build my brand that way and get some visibility and just be able to showcase some of the work that, you know, I can do. Um, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> do you think it's it. important to have a blog when you're kind of trying to do this kind of business? You, you need to have a presence. I, if it's not a blog, you still need to have a website, you know, uh, like yourself too. I know, I think we've talked about this before, you know, not everyone loves to blog, you know, and I personally, like, I don't love blogging, but I love communicating. Mm -hmm. So whether that's through writing or speaking, you know, that's, that really depends on the the person, but you need to have a presence somewhere to put yourself out Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And with you too, like it kind of connects your loving to cook. So you Mm -hmm. like to develop recipes. And so that probably shines a lot in your consulting that way. And you probably enjoy that the most maybe. Yeah. You know, I love the, I, I, I don't know. It's a mixed bag because I love all of it. You do. I love the communications piece, but I love developing recipes and I love food photography and styling. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It just brings together all of the, it the things that I like. How did you get into food photography? <laughs> because, you know, like that is an art. Yeah, and so again, it that's is. an artistic part of you. Yes. So it's funny because, you know, my mom too, go, I'll go back to my mom. <laughs> like she actually is a pretty amazing artist. Like she can do oh caricatures gosh. of people. Yeah, I know. I did not get that at all. <laughs> like I didn't get that ability to draw at all. Like I suck. 
but my dad actually uh, just loved photography, and he's, I mean, he loves photography, and so I grew up watching him take pictures, and mm. I mean, he wasn't a photographer, but he, you know, had a nice camera, and just, kind of his hobby. Know. Yes, mm-hmm. well, when he was in Vietnam, he uh, was trapped in a bunker, and all that was there was this, like, photography magazine, and so he said that that's what he read, basically, the whole week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. I know, I know, so that's what really, I think, inspired his love of photography, was he read this magazine, then wanted to go, and, like, it's like I'm in it, I wanted to do, do it, yeah. <laughs> And so I think just watching him over the years, um, it was just that combination of, I don't know, maybe the my parents, it's the best of both worlds, um, being able to do food photography. Wow. That's <laughs> why that's, you, I really think your family is such deeply rooted in your profession is, right now. You just decided yeah. to go into the nutrition aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what kind of, what's been like, I've seen you in, I've seen some of your written work in a couple of different magazines. Sure. So yeah. what other kind of entities do you write for and, per, you know, give recipes for and videos? Right. So, uh, well, it, it's interesting here because there's um, a local chicken and beef company. So, of course, Smart Chicken, which I know you're familiar mm-hmm. with. Their uh, publishing company here is Sandhills, and so I write for their marketing material. And that was another thing, just another opportunity that came my way because they're here in Lincoln. Local. And and it was another dietitian that referred me, so thank you, Alice Henneman. (laughs) (laughs) Good support system again, other dietitians. Yes. Uh, So that was, yeah, that that was a, a big, big one, having another dietitian just being able to vouch and say, She's you good. Know, you work with this person. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I work with them. And then, uh, gosh, you know, the last couple of years, it's just been a variety of companies. Um, so anything from Welch's to Sunsweet. Uh, and then other groups like uh, USFRA, um, which is the Farmers and Ranchers Alliance, mm-hmm. you know, where they just want, you know, a little uh, assistance maybe with blogging. And Calorie Control Council is another that I do some work for. So it's been kind of a mix, you know, of all of those things, blogs, recipes, mm-hmm. photos. All the things then, you love. And um, on-air talent. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you usually do this on your own, mm-hmm. but you do get in- interns. You're a preceptor, too. Yes, yes. So I've done basically a precepting for the dietetic internship program and then I've also had undergrad students approach me about hey can I just you know shadow you or work with you uh, to learn more about what you do so I've been pretty fortunate (laughs) had some good people (laughs) I've had some really good people Uh, and it's crazy to think uh, you know two of those students that I had uh, who were undergraduate students they just finished their dietetic internship program like last week. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's pretty cool just to get to have followed them through, um, you know, all the way through undergrad and then to get to see them kind of move to that next level is really, really cool. That's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like passing the torch. Yeah. Like, I was part of that. Yeah. I was part of their journey a little bit. Yes. Uh, and, you know, the the uh, students I've had through the internship program have also been awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just hard because I only have, you know, maybe eight weeks with them mm-hmm. versus, you know, three to, three to four years. <laughs> sure. That's a big difference. So it yeah. is a big difference. It is a big difference because I feel like just when I feel comfortable 
working with them and they feel comfortable with me, that's when they have to They're move done. on. They're mm-hmm. done. Um, but still, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, more than happy to, to help them and see what they want to learn about. And mm-hmm. it's just hard because you know that not every student wants to do what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, communications isn't their cup of tea and that's okay. But regardless of what area of dietetics you go into, you have to be able to communicate about food nutrition. Like that has to be fundamental. And so that's where I've tried to steer it back to in in our program. It's just saying, okay, you may not want to do food photography or recipe development, but you need to know how to talk about food nutrition. And so that's where and why they come to me. <laughs> that's really, I think that's really important because that is something we don't, we take speech class in college, mm-hmm. but we don't get that communicating about food aspect. No. And I think that's really important. It is. And, you know, I remember as an intern, we had, what, maybe like three, a three hour workshop. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think. With the Dairy Council. Thank God for the Dairy Council, right? <laughs> I came mean, in and did that with you. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that because that really did lay some foundation for me in a lot of ways. They've mm-hmm. kind of been that um, champion, <laughs> really. <laughs> uh, but now, you know, I look at dietetic students today and they're still not really no. getting that. Mm-mm. So there's a need. There is a need. There definitely is a need. And you are also, you also do adjunct, you're also an adjunct professor, mm-hmm. correct? And mm-hmm. what do you teach? So I teach nutrition and metabolism. You do? <laughs> <laughs> so com- completely opposite. Of, yeah. You need to teach a class in nutrition communication. I would love to do that, yes. But I feel like <laughs> I, I love teaching this class because it keeps me in the science. So I don't want to get so focused on communications that I, f- I forget right the core principles of our profession. And so I feel like teaching that class really helps me to be able to, you know, call upon knowledge I've learned, you know, in the drop of a hat uh, versus, you know, maybe not being able to do that if I wasn't teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could probably take that class over. Maybe I should take it with you <laughs> because I think it's so important. Like you said, it's that basic fundamental it of is. our profession. It and is. sometimes we do lose sight of that when we're not in it yeah. all the time. Yeah. How long have you been teaching? So this will be, I think, my sixth year. Okay. I thought you'd been doing it a mm-hmm. while. Do you do mm-hmm. like one semester a year or? Yes. Yeah. So. I don't know. Dr. Carr keeps calling me to come back. <laughs> I know. You're like, okay. Now, this one's fun, though, because it's actually the largest class in the department. So there's like 220-some. I think it's 250 seats, but I think we like cap it at like 220 or so. It's huge. Oh, my gosh. Amber. It's huge. I know. But, again, it gives me that practice to be able to address an audience of 200 people twice a week. That's true. So I love it for that. But then also just being able to try and treat 200 students, yeah. like 20 students in a room. That's yeah. way different. Yeah, it is. I it did is. adjunct for a little while at a community yeah. college, but there was only like 15 kids in my class. Still, so I'm like, oh my gosh, how would you do 200? A, a TA. I was like, how many TAs do you have? <laughs> yeah. But I like that. I like an adjunct position because mm-hmm. then you can just do one class right. and you can focus on that. Yes. And you yes. do still kind of reach out mm-hmm. to kids and yeah. keeping that passion yeah. going. Because there are this, so this is, 
basically a step above basic nutrition, but not quite to advanced nutrition. Mm -hmm. So you've got students in there who are, well, we've got dietetic majors, uh, also uh, athletic uh, performance oh, sure. or, or um, uh, nursing pre-nursing hmm. in there. So, so a wide variety. It's a wide variety, and I love that um, just because you you can talk about dietetics in a very positive way mm -hmm. and showing them how dietitians can really be in all of those areas. And, and yeah. you can all work together yes. in all your entities. Yes. That's yeah. very good. Yeah. You'd be a great. I would think I would enjoy you as a professor oh as gosh. well. I'm a dork. <laughs> I'm a total dork. Yeah. So about... Kind of where you're, where you are right now. Mm -hmm. What's your most favorite thing about? Is it being an entrepreneur and having your own ability to choose the things that you love and to choose the passions that you want to be a part of? I think so. I think I just really love the mix. You know, after, you know, you've heard some of my story. I like to go from one thing to the next, and so I like the variety. Uh, I think I would go crazy if I had to work for somebody else for the rest of my life mm -hmm. you know it's there's a popular saying like you work basically uh, 80 hours to avoid working 40 hours for somebody else <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> and I feel like that a lot of the the time but yeah I I love the mix of teaching and then being able to do communications work it's just it it feels right it's fulfilling it is yeah it is uh you know it's not necessarily that I make a lot of money or that, you know, I'm, you know, famous by any means, you know, it's just, it's fun. Mm -hmm. And I love people and just getting to be with a variety of people too. Which is always yeah. good. Mm -hmm. It's always good. And that's how we met through mm -hmm. the, the dairy yes. council. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank God for the dairy council. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you kind of see that this is your future? This is kind of what you're going to do. Just kind of like, like you just, you're absolutely in it and that you don't think that there's anything that you're missing out on. <laughs> we'll see. You know, yeah, I definitely, I love this aspect of dietetics. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, you know, this is what I'll be doing forever. Sure. But, you know, I could see myself maybe doing, you know, even maybe more classwork someday. Who knows, mm -hmm. you know? It's been so much. Dr. Carr keeps asking I me. Know, <laughs> I know, I know. I do love teaching, and I love, you know, getting to be with students. That's where my heart is, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I just, I love being able to have the chance to be creative. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I think that you probably, like you said, that whole nine to five job, you did it. You tried mm -hmm. it out and you tried a whole bunch of different areas mm -hmm. and you still led you to where you are. Yeah. With your past, yeah. your family creativity and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. You just, That's, yeah. You never know. <laughs> I need to meet your mom. <laughs> I feel like your mom is like the queen bee of everything. If she can't do it, no one can do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really She's neat. Great. That's really yeah. neat. Yeah. So you answered a lot of very hard questions. I'm going to ask you some easy questions. Okay. What is your favorite food? Oh, my goodness. I love pizza. <laughs> pizza? Do you have like a great recipe that you created that you love? No. No? Just, no. Actually, I I love going out for pizza. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's funny because as dietitians, we're supposed to love vegetables, but I don't love vegetables on my pizza. You don't. Um, but I love like a really great salad with my pizza. Oh, like yeah. a compliment. Yeah. Well, that's good. Exactly. It's still balanced. Yeah. But I'm not like I don't know. I've I've had vegetables on pizza before, but yeah, you I just love, love like a really great slice of pizza. 
Yeah. Where where do you go here in Lincoln? Oh, there's a few different places. We've got we've got some good pizza places. Uh, classic Nebraska, is, of course, is Valentino's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have that. And then there's a a few other places here in town that, that you are like. Good. Yeah, like Yaya's <laughs> and I think it's Lazari's. There's there's some good oh, pizza places. That's yeah. what I like to go up to pizza. Too. Yeah, I don't ever make a really good pizza. Yeah. It always tastes better when I dine out. Exactly. So leave exactly. it up. Leave it up to the yeah. experts. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite drink? <sighs> alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Both. <laughs> I want to hear both. <laughs> I well, I love Moscow Mules. Those are probably my Summer. favorite. Yes. Oh, exactly. Um, let's see here and just. I don't know. I love sparkling water. I've really been into that the last few months. Any particular yeah. flavor? Uh, I'm loving the new uh, strawberry guava one from Ooh, Dasani. It's really I good. I haven't had that yeah, one. That's really good. I like the sparkling waters yes. too. Yeah. But I have to have really good ice. I love sonic ice. I love sonic ice. Yeah. <laughs> Can't, it has yeah. to be like clear and not have any yeah. weird tasting. The to ice it. makes a beverage. Yeah. You're yeah. right. Yep. I like that's a yep. good quote. Yeah. That might be your quote. <laughs> Ice makes the beverage. <laughs> oh gosh. What brings you joy in life? Hmm. Being with people. Yeah. Being with people, having talks like this. Uh, my dogs. Your yeah. dogs. Yeah. Her dogs yeah. are adorable. Yeah. My husband. <laughs> all of that. Yeah. Family. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time today. I feel like we'll have another conversation (laughs) because I feel like there's going to be some more cool things that you do, but I appreciate I appreciate knowing you too. Well, thank you. It's been so fun getting to know you the last few years. It has been (laughs) all around dairy. I know. I know. (laughs) Which is good. Yeah. Very thankful for that. Yeah. I am very grateful to know Amber and be a nutrition communicator with her for Midwest Dairy. And I really admire all the things she's doing with her own business. If you want to learn more, Amber has a great website. Go give it a look at stirlist.com. And I recommend making one of her recipes. Actually, I recommend making all of her recipes because they're very easy and they're very delicious. If you love popcorn as much as I do, please don't forget that delicious Jelly Time popcorn is available in a variety of flavors and is full of healthy whole grains. Go to JollyTime.com for more information and for money-saving coupons. I love Dahlman's waffles because they are baked with care using only natural ingredients and contain no artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, or trans fat. You can find them on Facebook at Dahlman's Stroopwafels U.S., and on Twitter at Dalman's US. Come on over and visit me at AnnaElizabethArty.com where you can catch up on my weekly wisdom blogs where I share my current adventures with life, food, music, a recipe, or something new that I've tried and I love. My book is also available for purchase and you can find my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things that we talked about during all my conversations with my favorite people, including Amber. You can find me on social media at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.